0: This is our first episode of Our Story podcast that we're starting here at Wall Highway. Uh, this has been in the works for a while, and I'm excited. I've got Max Franks with me. Uh, Max, we've we've been uh, hanging out, I guess, for a little over a year now, That's eating right. lunch, yep. probably about once a month, something like that, and kind of gotten to know each other, and um i've enjoyed that enjoyed getting to know you and and i'm thankful i appreciate you being willing to be my guinea pig on this yeah it's gonna be fun <laughs> this is gonna be good yeah the the whole purpose of this my story the, this kind of um just something i the lord laid on my heart you know i feel like our church needs to hear the stories of the people in the congregation and mm-hmm. um and you know this seemed to me to be a good platform to do that you know rather than trying to do like a five-minute testimony on sunday morning or or a video testimony, you know, uh, being able to do it in an environment like this where we've got time to, to work through it and for you to share, um, where you are in your, in your journey and your walk with Christ. And of course I know a lot about that because we've talked a lot about that. And, um, but our church family doesn't know much about that. And so, um, the the purpose again is is for you to share how the Lord's been working in your life. Um, my prayer is that this will be the beginning of a lot of, of people tell telling their story. Um, but uh, I, I've had the privilege of being able to sort of walk with you through uh, the past year and seeing what the Lord's done in your life, and um, I think it's a story worth telling. So we're gonna we're just gonna walk through that together um, and and. Give you the opportunity to share a, a little bit, uh, as much as as the Lord leads about that. Um, as we start, though, man, I think um, being the inaugural epi- episode and and the beginning, um, I think it would be appropriate for us maybe just to to start off praying, uh, yeah. praying that we get through this okay, obviously, uh, but also that God uses this because I, I know people connect to stories mm-hmm. and. You know, I can I can drop a bunch of knowledge on you, and you may or may not care. But when I start to share my story, people connect with that. Right. And so I think God could use this in an incredible way. So let's let's just start. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today, and and as we start this journey, um, I believe that you uh, intend to use this to touch people's lives. I believe that you intend to use this. Um, possibly to bring someone to know you um, or to encourage them to follow your plan for their lives whether it be in ministry or missions or just being um, a godly uh, businessman or businesswoman or father or mother or a teenager or child whatever it is lord I i pray that you would use this however you Want to? Um, I pray that you would use this to draw people to yourself, and that you would just bless this time that Max and I have together. Just uh, help us to um, to communicate our love for you, and and uh, just be with Max as he shares his story. Um, God, I know that you have uh, been with him and led him to this point, uh, and have a plan for his life, and and we're excited to see what that is, and we're excited to hear about more of what that is today. God, we thank you that you choose to allow us to be a part of your work and a part of your family, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, mm-hmm. all right, Max. Uh, well, thanks for being here again. Uh, for those of you that uh, many of, of the folks that will hear this and watch this will know you, but many won't. And so um, I, I've already mentioned your name, Max Franks. But, yeah. Max, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, where you come from, maybe your childhood, and and just and share a little bit about, about your early years, I guess.
1: All right. So um, let's see. I grew up in Georgia. I'm the oldest of four, um, I grew up in a really Christian, um, Baptist like background and, um, all of my family is saved and grandparents and aunts and uncles. So Christianity was a, is a huge deal in, in my family. Um, so that's kind of the environment that I grew up in. And, um, yeah, so I, I've been a Christian for quite a while, um, we want to just jump right in yeah um my my parents led me to the Lord when I was uh seven years old yeah and um man the the appreciation that that one feels for someone that shares the gospel with them is um uh, is immense yeah right um and for my I think it was a joy for my parents to be able to do that yeah um but it really goes goes back to my grandparents um my grandparents on both sides, mom and dad, are both um, really strong Christians, and um, they led their families in that in that regard. And um, I am I am reaping the benefits of their faith yeah. and, and their obedience.
0: Well, you know, the Bible talks about that, right? It does I mean, train a child up in the way he should go, and when he's old, I'll not depart from it. But just yeah. the legacy of faith, which you're you are absolutely right.
1: Yeah, I think that verse really speaks to my life. Yeah, you know, as we'll get into but um yeah that's I I don't know that that verse really it
0: hits home sure so your your parents led you to the Lord talk talk about that a little bit just like the actual I mean you know for some folks um they talk about you know they can remember the day the time the hour and and praying to receive Christ some um it's more of a process where they they received Christ and they can remember but um it, it it even is a journey in and of itself to where they were discipled um, or, or someone built a relationship with them. And, and over time, you know, they they mm-hmm. made a decision to follow Christ. Just talk about your experience. How, how did that unfold with your parents leading you to Christ?
1: Uh, I think it was a gradual um, a gradual thing for me. Yeah. I mean, having grown up in the church, I knew what it was to be saved. And I knew the gospel from a very young age. Um, yeah but it wasn't until i you know reached a certain age you know 7 where i could actually understand and accept the gift that god gave you know to to mankind yeah. um and i don't i don't think i could under, i could i could really understand it before i got to you know 6 or 7 years old yeah um like logically having the knowledge of what it is but then actually having the um the ability to accept that for yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, seven seems to be a, a common age, right? I mean, I was seven when I accepted okay. Christ, um, six, seven years old. I think we hit a level of maturity there. Yeah. Um, and so growing up in that environment, obviously you had heard about Christ. You'd been yeah. taught about the gospel, um, salvation through Jesus Christ, his death for us. Um, and, and so you, you, when you came to a full understanding of that, um, you made a, a conscious decision to to follow him and to invite him into your life, right? I did.
1: Um, yeah, I still remember the uh, my baptism. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, that was in Georgia. Was it that? was in okay. yeah South yeah. Georgia. Okay.
0: Yep. All right. And that, and of course, you know, the purpose of baptism is is uh, you know, there's a few purposes, but that public profession of faith. I mean, right. obviously, you're identifying with with the church. I mean, Jesus tells us to do it. That's enough reason right there, right? But I mean, you're identifying with your church, um, and that's why we, that's how you join a Baptist church. If you're not a Christian, you become a Christian, and through baptism, you join. Um, so there's that, that identification, but also it, it's a marker for you too. I mean, it, Absolutely. It, it's, a, it's a memory that you, you won't forget, yep. um, and that's amazing. So uh, you came to Christ at an early age. Many people do, growing up in the church, growing up in a Christian home, having those wonderful influences in your life that you talked about. Talk a little bit about your your journey after that. I mean, you, you know, from the time you received Christ, I mean, whatever you want to highlight, but Um, you know, growing up through high school and and through college and that sort of thing. What was what was your life like and and your walk with the Lord like specifically?
1: Yeah, it's um it's it's really curious. I I think the um so I used to read a lot as a kid, which may sound strange these days, um, but really what the Lord did is um he gave me a passion for his word Mm. at a at a very young age. And um, like I said, it was a strange thing. I, you know, I was the kid that would, you know, go. My parents would tell me to go to bed, and I would, I would go to go to my room and start reading the Bible. You know, at, you know. Yeah, most kids are reading comic and, books or now I guess yeah, they're on their iPad. Just, you're
0: you're in there reading your, your Bible. That's great though. That's good. It,
1: well, yeah. it's a, it's a strange thing though yeah. to look back on. Um, and you know, I think the Lord just led me in that. You know, um, but. I really didn't have a, maybe an understanding until I got maybe in middle sto- middle school or high school for um, like sanctification mm-hmm. and the whole doctrine of sanctification and pursuing holiness because um, you know growing up in such a, a Christian environment, um, I wasn't exposed to you know many worldly things. Yeah. certainly it's not as the children are today yeah. um, for sure but I was I was insulated. And I really didn't have that insulation kind of torn away until I got older in you know late middle school and high school.
0: Yeah. Um, so what was that like? I mean, being exposed to things that you never had before.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's eye opening, mm-hmm. I, I would say. Um, you know, with with drugs and sex and, and whatnot, things that come come in high school yeah. that you you know you're not exposed to until until that age. So you really have to wrestle with that and there's a lot in scripture that that Paul teaches about how to wrestle with those things yeah. um, and how to pursue holiness. Yeah. So in terms of like growing in sanctification, that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Uh, for so me. when you
0: talk about sanctification for somebody that may not know what that means, yeah. w- what are you talking about?
1: I would say it's the um it's a pursuit of holiness. Yeah. Um it's a process, you know, we're not completely sanctified until we get to heaven, right? Yeah. Um, but it should be for a believer, a daily, a daily growth in in growing in your godliness with your walk with the Lord. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I I agree. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a distinction in scripture taught clearly where, you know, your salvation experience when you were seven, you were justified before God, which means your, your sins are forgiven and, and you're, you're in a right standing with God, but, but But you know, I think we make a mistake um, in a lot, of, a lot of instances where we you know, we do preach the gospel and we should and we, we want people to come to Christ, but we don't follow up after that teaching people mm-hmm. how to pursue holiness and right. how to become like Christ because that is the process of sanctification, right? Where you're, The idea is that daily, um, through studying His Word and spending time with His Word, through surrounding yourself with believers who teach you, Um, and invest in your life, daily you become more and more like Christ. And so when you're talking about sanctification, that's what you're talking about, That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like I said, it it didn't take—well, it took several years for me to actually grow into a knowledge of that and to really start walking for the Lord because I was so young when I I was saved.
0: Yeah. So through high school then, uh, you know, I guess high school and college, Yeah. how How would you say that process progressed? Did it progress in terms of sanctification becoming more like Christ the health of your relationship with christ as a whole how How did that progress
1: uh through ups and downs yeah um really well, going back to high school, maybe even like maybe eighth grade, I had two seasons that I distinctly remember um growing up and i was a I was a rebellious kid yeah um You know, maybe not in public, but at home, I was very disobedient and rebellious to my parents, Mm. um, during that time. And two of the things that I really struggled with these two seasons that I referenced was, is anger and worry. Mm. Um, and I, that was, those two times in my life was really where I had to wrestle against, wrestle against my flesh in a sense. Um, And, you know, I say anger, what I, what I really mean is rage, Mm. you know, as a, as a young teenage boy, anger and rage is something that, that you could really lose yourself into. Yeah. Um, and that is, that was something that I had to give up to the Lord.
0: Yeah. Well, there's so much going on even in your body at that age, right? Sure. So much is changing. So yeah, a lot of things happening. Yeah. And
1: it, 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 I mean, it was a process of maturity uh, and discipline uh, for sure, um, but the other thing is, is worry. Mm. Um, I don't really that that was a difficult season mm. because it it got to the point where I would I would worry about every little thing, to the really to the point where it was debilitating, to where I, I would worry so much that I couldn't get out like go on through the day, yeah, because I, I was so full of uh, anxiety.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean that can for someone that's never dealt with that that can be crippling right sure. i mean you know it can get to the point to where you're you know you're driven by fear and you don't want to do anything um yep. for fear of failure or what might happen yeah
1: absolutely and um i mean there it's not just unique to young kids right no, or, no i
0: mean i struggle with that today i've yeah. shared with the congregation i mean i I'm, i that's that's one of my great struggles is with worries so i can identify with that certainly yeah, yeah.
1: um and it really now, having you know, on the other side of that, I could say honestly that I don't worry to the point where I I did. Yeah. Um. It's just I've almost swung if you know if we're talking if it was a pen, like a pendulum, mm-hmm. I swung all the way back to the other way. Yeah. Um. Maybe you should worry a little more. Maybe I. Well, <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't do that. Not be concerned. I yeah. should be maybe concerned yeah. about things. Um. Maybe more so than I am. Yeah. Um. Because you don't want to be too like passive um, about things that are important. Yes, yeah, certainly right? not. Yeah. Uh, things that deserve your attention. Yeah. Um,
0: so what would you say changed with both of those? I mean, obviously those were seasons in your life. You know, I look back on my life and I see, and I think we all can, if we've walked with the Lord for any length of time, um, there are ups and downs and some yeah. of us may be more downtime at some point in our lives than others. Um, but you know I, I look back and I, I talk about this often spiritual markers is what I call them I'm not the only one that calls them I'm not original to me but uh, I mean I think it's a good way to describe it because I think we can look back on our lives with issues like that or or, or major um, changes in our life that God orchestrated but you know, spiritual markers where we can we maybe not the day, the the hour, and the minute, but we know that our lives took a turn. And so, for those two things, you mentioned now that, you know, you don't worry as much, um, uh, and and obviously you've gotten control of the rage. I've never I seen do. that at least. At least I hope so, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I won't ask you the wrong question if that's not the case. <laughs> but uh, no. In all seriousness, I mean, obviously those things, you know, you you were able to overcome those things. So what took place that allowed you to do that?
1: Um, well, you know, I mentioned, uh, maybe my love for the scripture mm-hmm. and reading the word and, you know, just thinking back on it right now, I think those seasons were times when, when I was not in the, in the word daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's been a long time, but just thinking back on it, I think it was, it was really getting back into the word, realizing that hey, this is unsustainable. Yeah. Um, because it, it it get I mean, it gets to the point where it affects other people. Sure. Yeah. Um, and certainly my parents, you know, yeah. being angry and, and rebellious is not honoring to them. Yeah. And so again there was a process of maturity. Mm-hmm. Um which really is I don't know, maybe like self awareness. Of yeah. What I what I am affecting on other people in yeah. my attitude. Yeah. Um, I read a quote by somebody years ago, probably during this time, that you know one of the only things that we can control is our attitude. Yeah, um, and, and like fully control mm-hmm. is that we can't always control what what people will do or say to us, but we can control how we respond.
0: Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, go ahead. I'll well, I mean, up, that yeah.
1: that was the that was a that quote and i have no idea who it was by but that really led me to a self-realization that hey this is this is not good i can do better than this i can control my anger and worry
0: well and there's freedom in that too right i mean once you get and and i think you you hit on something you know uh, key is a combination of spiritual maturity spiritual you know feeding on the word um spending time in in god's word um, and spending time with him, but then also alongside that is actual mental, physical maturity, you know, mm-hmm. just maturing as a human being. Yep. Um, uh, you know, I think those two things when they, when, when they do coincide, um, that, that in and of itself can produce a spiritual marker where you turn a corner. Um, but there's freedom in that when you realize, um, that I can't, I can't control what you say to me, but I can control how I respond. Um, and right. And, you know, I, and it's not my responsibility. Yes, it's my responsibility to disciple others and to try to influence people. But at the end of the day, all I can control is what I put into my walk with Christ and and my spiritual maturity, knowing that He promises that the work He began in us He will finish. Um, and so that that's that I think that is that is so very I mean I I, I, I say even profound because I mean I think that's something that we probably know but. Um, we worry so much about what other people think, what other mm-hmm. people are going to do, what they're going to say, what may or may not happen. When when Jesus is saying, "Hey, if you'll come to me, you can find rest and and let me take on that burden." Um, yep. So you obviously you 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 crossed that that barrier, um, those those challenges early in your your life, I guess teen years, um, leading into to college. Yep. Um, what what was college like? I mean, you know, as you. <clears throat> You know, I know for me personally, um, I I joke all the time that, that guys, we don't grow a brain until we're like 21, right? Because we, I mean, you know, women mature faster than men. That's just the way that it is. Um, And I think there's scientific proof, medical proof of of that in some capacities, in some instances. Um, But I know for me personally, when I hit the age of 20, 21, is when it really started to come together. And what I mean by come together is it just... Um, my, I knew I had to make a conscious decision. Am I going to be a man of God or am I going to be a man of the world? Am mm-hmm. I going to follow this path? And so talk, talk to me about that a little bit. I mean, you know, you shared a little bit about your college years and, and in particular some experiences there um, that really God planted a seed for where you are now, which we'll get to. But yeah. for, for now, talk to me about those years. What happened in your life um, that really – uh, that God used to kind of put a fire, a passion in your heart to pursue Him.
1: Yeah, college is an interesting time. Um, I think we, it is for everybody. <laughs> oh, we, it is for sure. Um, but we also know that that many people leave the church during yes. these years yeah. in droves. Um, in yeah. droves. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's a massive like hole in the body of Christ for these believers that it are they're yeah. this age, and I think a lot of that is peer pressure mm-hmm. to to not continue in the way that you were going when you went into college.
0: Yeah. I think also you mentioned being exposed to things in high school, junior high yeah. school, when you get to college, man, you're exposed to ideas, especially if you grew yeah. up like you and I did in a Christian right. home, man, you get exposed to, you know, atheistic ideas. Yep. I mean, things that you never saw in the sheltered existence of a Christian home and a, in a, in a church That's family. Right. Yeah. The,
1: yeah. The doors are blown wide open. Absolutely. Um, and so when I got to college, I um, I tried looking for a church home, and I, I went to a junior college in Georgia, and um, it was a really small town, um, just a few thousand people. Mm-hmm. It was really mostly uh, the college students that were there made up the town, and the the selections in in churches that you could actually visit were uh, in just a handful. Yeah, um, and so you know. I visited around. I tried to go to some. um, I just—it wasn't a church home for me, Mm. and um, I couldn't find a place where I could plug in. And again, the peer pressure really sunk in there, um, and so, you know, you just start sleeping in on Sundays and whatnot, and then after, you know, a couple months, you're just not going, Yeah. Um, which, again, I think is common. Um, It wasn't really— until I got to Huntsville that I started really looking for a church home. What brought you uh, to Huntsville, by the way? College. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so I, I transferred into uh, UAH, which yeah. for the people listening is the University of Alabama in Huntsville, um, for an engineering degree. And Huntsville, you know, there's hundreds of churches. Yeah. And so I started visiting, you know, almost as soon as I, I moved here because yeah. I, I had more opportunity. Um So, and again, I could, I, it gave me an opportunity to disregard, um, the effects of the peer pressure that I had already accumulated in my previous college. Yeah. It was a fresh start.
0: Yeah. So, you know, going through that and getting, getting involved in a church, getting, um, you know, experimenting with different churches, I guess, visiting different churches, where did you finally land? Well, uh,
1: I guess it's pretty obvious, but I you know Wall Highway yeah. you know became my church home, yeah. um, and I started helping out with the youth mm-hmm. uh, years ago while I was still in college, and um, you know even ended up teaching Sunday school and, yeah. and teaching you know helping teach on, on Wednesday nights and things like that. Yeah. Um, and of course, that was after I became a member, but yeah I was really able to plug into Wall Highway in a way that I, I hadn't been able to, yeah elsewhere.
0: So that, that, in that experience, you found, you found a home, um, which, you know, it's difficult. You grow up in a church and you do, you know, you move, um, to a different place. You know, I think sometimes we get into the trap of this place isn't like my church home and no, no church is the same, but you, you obviously, I mean, you have to go with the Lord lead where the Lord leads you. You found a home here at wall highway. Mm -hmm. Um, what, when was that? you. What year? Uh, I think it was 2005. 2005. So you got plugged in. Um, you began to teach Sunday school. You joined the church. You began to teach Sunday school. Yeah. Um, obviously, growing spiritually during that time, experiencing um, some some real sanctification, I would yep. say, probably, right? Um, and became a deacon during that time? I yeah, did. Yeah? I was okay. ordained, yep. Okay. Um, so um, h- how long... Talk about that time. You know, you you were obviously in, engaged and involved for a, a length of time here, right? And then you were not for a while, right? But yep. Part of your testimony that you shared with me. And actually, I, you know, I came to know each other after I became pastor here. Right. And you you came back into the church. Um, That's right. In the past, I guess year and a half. I, I don't know exactly when that that was, but it was a little over a year ago now. I yep. guess. That's yeah. right. It's about a year and a half. Um, which I'm thankful for actually, uh, um, I think it was John Bruce that introduced us, uh, or at he least, did, yeah. uh, told me who you were and, yeah. and we started having lunch together and uh, man, it's been one of the joys of my ministry here, not to, to try to flatter you or anything, but really, I mean, just being able to, to build a relationship with you and get to know you and, um, and watch how God's worked in your life while it, as, as we'll see, hasn't always been pleasant on your end. And, yeah. and not that I glory in your pain by any means, but really just seeing God carry you through that. Um, but there was a period of time, it was a blessing to me and still is. I mean, to be able to be here right now talking about what we're talking about today and, and you being on the verge, I believe, of God really doing something in and through your life that is going to be amazing for you um, for our church family, but also for the people that you're going to end up ministering to, yeah. um, which again, we'll get to in a moment, but talk about that. You know, obviously, there was a period of time you were, you were actively involved here at the church, and then you weren't. Yeah. Um, and so share, I mean, whatever you're, you're comfortable sharing, whatever you want, because I think that's important because there are people out there right now who, at one time in their life, they were on fire for the Lord, they were involved in a church family, maybe something happened in their personal life, maybe something happened in the church. I mean, the church is not a perfect place, and there are people out mm-hmm. there that have been hurt by church experiences, um, and, and they fall away from church, and, and, and many times fall away in their relationship with the Lord. I mean, they're still saved, but they're not walking with the Lord, they're not surrounding themselves with believers. And um, maybe they don't realize that how important that is and, and what a vital role that plays in our spiritual growth. So, so if, if, you, if you would, just talk a little bit about that period in your life where you, you were in church, you were growing, actively involved, and then you weren't.
1: Yeah, um, well, one thing I, I, would, I would really want to mention is, um, you know, for the people that have gotten hurt, you know, out of church, I would— First I would say that hey we're all we're sinners. Yeah. And we make mistakes. And um but we're all called we're called to forgive. Yeah. Um and so if you know if they left their their church family after being, you know, emotionally hurt, um maybe now's the time to forgive and go yeah. back yeah, or find a new church home.
0: Yeah. Well you've uh, heard the saying if you're looking for the perfect church don't join it because it won't be perfect anymore cuz you're not you're we're not we're yeah. not perfect. None that's of us right. are. And so Yeah. But it is painful when you, I mean, Absolutely. when you go through an experience, whether it be in the church or in your personal life, but especially in the church because you expect that to be a place of healing and comfort, and yeah. and it is, and I believe our church family is. But um, but again, you know, what what happened through that period of time?
1: Yeah, so that wasn't my experience. Um, you know, what we just being, you know, emotionally hurt. Right. Um, so I was serving as a deacon. I think I was ordained in in um, two thousand and. Ten, I mm-hmm. was 25 years old when I was ordained
0: very young I was right.
1: extremely yeah. young extremely young um, and you know I spent a lot of time in, in Timothy during those that year and the year that followed because I because I was so young um, but luckily the the men at this church were gracious they um, they are filled with with grace um, mm-hmm. and they treated me. As a brother, yeah. you know, despite my age, and so, um, you know, Timothy. When P- Paul talks to Timothy, he says, "Don't let n- anyone look down on you because of your age." Yeah, and so I really took that to, to heart. Not that anyone was looking down on me, but I'm thinking, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. sure, yeah, I've been there.
0: My start, my that's actually the passage of scripture that God used. Uh, among many other things to point me in the direction of ministry because I felt really? uh, yeah I mean I felt unqualified I felt you know yeah. at the time I was I was in my early 20s and um, I just I was never a natural leader and and I had that uh, and I was serving in the church that I grew up in so there were people that I was leading that probably changed my diapers in the nursery so yeah. <laughs> I had that but yeah I mean that's a powerful passage of scripture in and, in and, and Timothy yeah. where 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 Paul tells him i mean obviously timothy's struggling with that so you were too right so i was yeah yeah. i
1: mean it it was it was a worry um but it was i wasn't consumed you know consumed by anxiety about it um but uh, one thing that came to mind while you were just speaking was that if if you do feel uh, feel worthy of of being yeah. a leader, yeah. then you you shouldn't be the leader. Man,
0: that is absolutely <laughs> yeah. I think, and and at least the guys that I, I know in ministry and the thankfully God put great mentors in my life. They all went through that struggle. Right. I think um, if you don't go through that, then it's not my place to question your call. But I, I wonder because I know for yeah. me, I, I struggled greatly as you did, um, because there's got to be. A point where you realize okay what God's calling me to is bigger than my ability and that doesn't matter by the way if you're 25 or 85 right you know if God's calling you to something it's gonna be bigger than your ability to do it and I think that's an important an important process that you have to go through so how how did you get through that
1: Yeah, so well a lot of prayer really and you know humility um, praying for humility yeah um, spending a lot of time in the word but what really led me Away from Wall Highway was my was my wife. Mm. Um, so, you know, I was I was serving as an active deacon. You know, we were ministering to the to the church body. We were you know visiting houses and and trying to spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right. And during during this time, while I was being you know while I was pouring into the church, my wife couldn't find a place to plug into. Mm. Um, and it's not. Out of lack of effort from other women in the church, yeah. um, she just couldn't find a place to plug in and connect yeah. to and um eventually it led me um to to step down as a deacon mm. um, because i and it's something that i I still struggle with you know if I'm being completely honest i it's something that I regret mm. uh, i I regret deeply. Yeah. um from doing but you know being young and thinking well you know being married and and the spiritual leader of your house if you feel like your wife can't find uh, a place to to minister at the church or to serve um in some capacity then maybe it's not the place you need to be yeah and so um I I made the decision that we should go look for somewhere, uh, another church body where my wife could, could find a place where she could plug into. Mm. Um, and needless to say, we 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 visited for quite a while together, yeah. and just nothing ever fit. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it eventually came out that she just didn't want to go. Yeah. Um, and this was the beginning of, of the process of her um, turning away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and I was maybe naive or, or resistant to the, to that truth at the time. Yeah. Um, but eventually she stopped going with me, uh, on Sundays and, and we had visited, I don't know, churches for six months to a year, yeah. never could find a place. Um, and, uh, so eventually she stopped going with me and then I, I started visiting churches, you know, by myself. I would still go. Yeah. Um, and again, if I'm being completely honest, I was ashamed. Mm. I was, uh, I was ashamed to come back to Wall Highway. Yeah. Um, one for stepping down as a deacon, um, you know, regardless of my motivations, I was still ashamed of stepping down and, um, that it still weighs on me,
0: uh, you know? So you feel like that, that decision to step away and, and obviously, I mean, you know, I mean, we, we are called to love our wives. We're called yeah. to love our families, but, and we, we, we talked about this in our Bible study Sunday night. We're both part of the um, the men's kingdom disciples study on Sunday night. Um, and, and he, you know, Dr. Tony Evans talks about, you know, how Adam part of his sin was that he chose his Eve. wife over the Lord. And you yeah. think, well, I mean, that's not a bad thing, but um, if, we're, we're, we're told very clearly in Scripture that God, he has to have first place. Yep. I mean, he can't have second place, and, and that includes. I mean, you're supposed to love your wife. You're supposed to be willing to die for your wife. Scripture is right. clear about that. But you can't do that if you're not, if God is not first and at the center of your life. So, yeah. um, you know, you talk about feeling ashamed. Was that, and I'm kind of feeding you here, but, I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying here is is that that possibly that was part of it. Would you say that? I mean,
1: yeah um yeah to some degree, although it, i don't know how I could have discerned that that was the direction that was that was yeah. in my future if you know it, yeah it was really difficult to discern that uh if whether or not my wife was just intentionally trying not to plug in or she couldn't it she just right. did it wasn't home for her, right. you know, yeah. and um so I don't, you know, knowing what I know now, I don't think I would make it. I would have made a a different decision because I couldn't discern what was going on at the time. Um,
0: Well, your motivations were were pure, obviously. I mean, you you were trying to take care of your family. And um, so in the years after that, that obviously led you to a point where you were no longer active in church at all. Correct? That's right.
1: Yeah. So once we stopped, uh, once she stopped going with me, I continued to visit to a point, and then I I stopped going. Um, you know, I I would still listen to ser, like sermons, yeah, um, and watch sermons and and whatnot, but I wasn't a part of a body. Yeah, um, well, I I I was a part of a body, but I had left them.
0: Yeah, so you weren't actively involved. You were right. still a member here, but not here at yep. Wall Highway, but not actively involved. Right. Uh, what do you think you missed out on in that? Not being. Oh
1: involved. man, a tremendous amount of things, um, fellowship, uh, growing in the Lord, uh, the worship, um, all of those things, times that I I can't
0: get back. Yeah. So for a period of how long were you out? Um, I don't know, two to three years maybe. Okay. So, um, when you and I met, um, you were experiencing some personal trials, right? Yeah. Um, had been out of church for a while, had just started to, to come back. Um, I, I guess, first, first of all, uh, you, know, you mentioned you were, you were ashamed to come back because you were afraid of what people would say or think, you know, how you would be received. Um, what was your experience coming back?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. You know, yeah. there's no reason for me to be ashamed. You know, the first time I walked in the door, I can still remember it. It was like a, it was a weight lifted.
0: Yeah. And, that, and that's a, man, that's a wonderful, and I, I, it's a privilege to pastor this church because I do believe no church is perfect, but I do believe this is a healthy church. And what I mean by that is that it is a growing church, not just numbers. I mean, right now we're in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. Numbers are kind of irrelevant right now. But um, there, you mentioned the men in this church that, yeah. that poured into you. We've got, man, such a great group of godly men. Um, it is an encouraging church, and it is a loving church and a welcoming church. And to hear you say that, that's that's a testimony of that, right? When you it came is. back, yeah, absolutely. that's the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, we all make mistakes. Um should you have been out of church for two or three years? No, but our role now as the body of Christ is to meet you where you are and help you get back right in your relationship with the Lord. So is that what you experienced?
1: Uh, absolutely. Um, but far and above everything you just described. Um, so I guess going back a a year and a half, kind of like what brought me back to the body, um, so the Lord really started convicting me about my fruit mm. and bearing fruit um, and that I wasn't in a, in a body, I wasn't part of a fellowship. And he, he just said, hey, where's your fruit? You yeah. profess to be a Christian, where's your fruit? Yeah. Um, and it started a process that led me back to Wall Highway, but it, it, took, a, it took a while, uh, several months, You know, maybe five, four or five months, um, but through that process, I started reading the word again. Mm-hmm. I started praying again, um, you know, routinely growing in my, in my faith and growing in my walk with the Lord, um, maybe getting back into a walk with the Lord, I should say, uh, yeah. into a right relationship with them. Um, and then what happened is I started looking at other people's fruit. Yeah. Um, and I, I first looked at my wife and I didn't I didn't see any fruit. Mm. I did not see any fruit uh, of her salvation. And so what I started doing, you know, is I was reading the word, you know, I was I would talk to her about things that I'm reading uh, that the Lord is 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 dealing with me about. And what I noticed is that every time that I would bring up the Lord uh, or even say his name, she would get more and more frustrated with me mm-hmm. um, you know which is kind of a, a testimony to the conviction that maybe she she was feeling um, yeah. but anyway I, I noticed these things I was aware of her behavior and her response and really that...
0: that <laughs> Just a just a minor technical difficulty, something failed. It's all good. It's not <laughs> uh, not any expensive equipment, but uh we'll just keep going. Sounds good. <laughs> we needed a moment of levity here, right? Yes. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah.
1: So let's see. So what happened? Was it yeah, so I noticed her behavior and uh, I started talking about the Lord more. Yeah. More and more and more. And um it got to the point where I was sharing the gospel with her. Mm. Um, you know, um, I don't know, maybe twice a week for like a month. And then, mm-hmm. but every time I would, she would get more and more frustrated mm-hmm. and more and more uh, angry and, and even livid with me for mm-hmm. for me to stop talking about Christ. Um, You know, which by this time I was aware that she had turned her back on the Lord and mm-hmm. she was never actually saved, even though when we were married, she professed to be a Christian. Yeah.
0: Um which had to have been a painful experience for you. Oh, man. it's gut wrenching. Yeah.
1: Um and just just to see her turn her back on on the Lord. Yeah. Um having having to watch that happen, um was agonizing. Yeah. Um, but it got to a point where she um I guess I'll tell this story. You know, we were going down the road to, to get dinner one night and she was driving the, you know, the truck and which never happens. Yeah. But cuz I, I always drove everywhere and she I was like I've got her. She has to listen to me. Yeah. And so I started from the beginning. Yeah. You know, hey, we're all sinners. We need a savior. Yeah. And um I just broke out the gospel to her and her response was uh was draw, jaw-dropping. Mm. What she did was she she pulled the car over On the side of the road, she didn't even bother finding a place. She just pulled the car over on the side of the road and got out and started walking home. Mm. That's how. That's her. That's how much that she she resisted hearing the gospel.
0: Yeah. And so through that, then I mean, God obviously led you back here. At this point, were you already attending here when this was? No.
1: Okay. um, No, but it was soon after. Okay. there was other things that that went, that were going on. Um, but basically it got to the point where I needed a brother in Christ. Yeah. And so, you know, we talked about the men in this church and so I, I reached out to, you know, John, Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, we had coffee. I just told him everything. Yeah. I just like 10 years worth of, yeah, Yeah. here's everything. And, um, so he, you know, he invited me back to wall highway and here I am. Yeah. But, um, and he was he wasn't the only one I you know I spoke to several men who came alongside yeah. me to help me through a very difficult time in my marriage um, but you know going that was started in like maybe spring of 2019 yeah um, and then we get to fall of 2019 and my wife has has moved out um, she has left um, and then what the Lord did there during this time, in my spiritual life, it's nothing more than um, I don't know miraculous, really. Uh, yeah. Just him being, giving me peace yeah. where there should be none.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's when you and I met. Was when you were yep. in the middle of that incredibly difficult period of your life. I can't imagine yep. you know what what that was like personally. And as you as you just mentioned, your your marriage ended through that experience um and I know that was not your desire you 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 fought that um you you did not want that to happen you you wanted there to be reconciliation and um we talked about that and, and prayed about that together and I know you did with other other men that you've mentioned John and other men in the church um and, you know, very, very easily, you know, I, I think it's important, you know, we're not going to spend just a ton of time in the ditch here yeah. with your, make you relive all of that. But it's important to point that out because, you know, as a pastor, you know, when I'm talking to you in the middle of that, or when I'm talking to somebody who's just lost a loved one or whatever, I can't explain all the whys as to why you're going through that. You know, I, I, and there've been times in my life where I've experienced trials, tragedy, um, and, and it's very easy in that moment to turn your back on God yourself. You know, God, why? You know, I, I finally have a desire. You, you you now have a desire to get back in church. You're back in his word. And yet this still happens. You're, and, and I think one of the key parts of your story here is that your marriage did not suddenly just become perfect. I mean, it didn't. Nothing was just miraculous, everything did just miraculously line up there. As a matter of fact, it went in the other direction. That's right, right? it did fell apart. Yeah, and so it would have been very easy for you to say, you know what, God, I did my part. I I came back to church. I've been spending time in your word. I'm trying to do the right things, and you're not doing your part. But you didn't do that. No. Instead, you dove deeper into his word, and you got more engaged with the community of faith. So what... I guess what kept you from doing wh- why did you make that decision instead of giving up and and just throwing in the towel?
1: Yeah, I think it was um you know, all those years when I was younger. You yeah. know, I that's when I really found out who the, who the Lord is. Yeah. You know, um it doesn't matter what we're going through, he's still holy. Yeah. Uh, he's still on his on his throne. Yeah. You know, the world is in, like, a very tumultuous place right now, mm-hmm. and it doesn't change the fact that God is holy, mm-hmm. that God is just, He is merciful, mm. He is loving, He is on His throne forever.
0: Yeah, and that's, an, you know, it's very easy in those moments to doubt God's, all of those attributes, all of those qualities, but I think especially God's love. Um, if you love me, God, you wouldn't yeah. be allowing me to go through this. Did you did you ever doubt God's love? Okay. No. Why not? I just
1: again it was knowledge of who God is. Yeah. You know, he he cannot help but be loving. Yeah. Um and because that's what is that's who he is, that's his nature. Yeah. He cannot go against his nature. Yeah. Um so like you said I I really dove into that. Yeah. Um and i found peace that's beyond understanding mm. you know but but that's that was after a lot of prayer and fasting mm. and to a level and to a degree that i had never done before but it brought me to a level of faith in the lord that i had never reached yeah before in all my life
0: and that that's that's a great testimony of what scripture teaches, right? I mean even David in the Psalms talks about God being his hiding place and a rock where he can hide. And you know, he many of the Psalms uh, of those instances he's 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 running for his life, right? I mean yeah. King Saul's trying to kill him and and so but he he did what you did. He ran toward the Lord instead of away from the Lord and he, God didn't take him out of that situation. He still had to to run for yeah. his life. He 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 had uh, to experience some, some pretty difficult circumstances, um, not of his own doing. Um, and he found the reward was what you've just described, was that God met him where he was, never left him, but he was with him and he brought him through that. Didn't deliver him from it, but delivered him through that, which is right. what's happened with you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, that's, again, you and I... Um, is When uh, the time your marriage was, was d- dissolving, um, when we began to meet regularly and talk, and I remember um, very early on, you were, I mean, you, were, you were in a difficult place, to say the least, um, and understandably so. And, um, and, but, but at the same time, you were seeking the Lord like you possibly never had before, uh, at least not in that, mm-hmm. that way um, because of, of circumstances like that. Um, and I don't even remember the topic of the conversation uh, other than just what you were going through at that time, and you, you had talked about fasting and praying and, and that sort of thing, and, and I don't know what it was that you said or did, but we talked about, um, and, and it just—the uh, Lord impressed upon my heart at that, that moment— um, that I, I just felt like God was preparing you for something. And we talked about that. I think, mm-hmm. we, I think we were at uh, the Bridge Street Mall. I forget the name mm-hmm. of the restaurant there, but the, the, one of the, the restaurants we met at. And it just, I just felt as strongly as I have about uh, anything in our conversations, that God was preparing you for something. I mean, you, you sensed it, um, and, and I, I could see that. And it was evident. Um, and, uh, and, and that has proven true. Right, so now here you are. Um, obviously, you know you've been through a, a difficult experience, and there's still, I'm mm-hmm. sure, a lot of struggles with that. Right? I mean, you know, that's something that that you know the pain heals, but the scar remains, and and it's it's going to be there. Um, and, and so now here you are, and you're preparing for something pretty huge in your life. That's right. right? Yeah. I mean, God's use. I think He uses everything in our lives, and 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 He will use this in ways that you you don't know yet and probably already has um yeah. doesn't make it i mean you still probably wouldn't choose to go through it right but but he does promise to to use those things um and so now you're on the verge of something um life changing for you and and I, we we lead to this point um talking about how you've gotten here your journey of faith which is so very important because we all have that journey and and there are those those spiritual markers those turning points and, and in many ways, and you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe, you know, not that God wanted your marriage to end. We know that's not true. Um, but he used that at least to get you to a position mm-hmm. where you would receive what's, what's coming. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So talk about what's coming. What, you know, God has brought you to this point. You're growing in your faith again. I mean, you're, you're actively engaged in, in Wall Highway. Um, you're, you're in the Word. You're growing. What what has that led you to?
1: Uh, well, first first and foremost, it's taught me how to pray, mm-hmm. um, and how to how to one how to fast, two, yeah. and maybe even even the importance of fasting. That you know, some not something that we really do, you know, as Baptists on a on a you know regular basis. Yeah. But in terms of me crucifying my flesh and dying to myself. There's no other way to do it than fasting, yeah. uh, no better way to do it than fasting. And so he's, that's really prepared me spiritually for what's coming, and that that is missions, yeah. uh, international missions. Yeah.
0: So fasting, just for anybody that may not know, I mean, you know, Scripture talks about this, and it is something we've neglected, and yeah. especially in the Baptist church, I think. Um, and, and living in, in a country like ours where we've got plenty to eat, we don't. We don't think about it, but fasting, yeah. Scripture talks about, you know, denying yourself food for a period of time. And instead of eating, you focus on the Lord. You pray, you spend time in His Word. And, and the idea, in just a succinct description, the idea is that, Lord, I depend on you. I, I want you more than food, and I want your will more than food. You know, it's not uh, self-punishment. It's not anything like that. It's that I'm, I'm giving this up for a period of time so that whenever I feel a hunger pain, I'm going to focus on the Lord. And through that, you know, and, and in my own fasting experiences, I've 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 found that, you know, there's clarity. I mean, you you I have had a an intense focus that I didn't have when my stomach was full. Um, which is, is strange for me because I, you know, my kids tell me I get hangry when I'm hungry. I'm usually not <laughs> like that. Um, but but you found that in that experience, and through that, God spoke to you. And has shown you that his plan for your life, the future of your life, is in the area of international missions, and so you're on the verge of preparing that. What What are you, uh, which you know it's been delayed, but you're preparing yeah. to go into um, um, preparation for that. Prepared to, for preparation, right? So, yeah, what, yeah. so what What is that going to look like? What's coming around the corner?
1: Um, what's coming around the corner is. Um, I'm in the process of selling my house mm. and um, with the end goal of going to Israel for six months. Okay. Um, and that is to, you know, to train. Yeah. Uh, to learn the language and, you know, to train to be a missionary, really. Yeah. Uh, to serve people in mm. the Middle East.
0: And the, you're you're training with an organization. Which organization Yeah, is that? so the
1: organization is called FAI, okay. um, which stands for Frontier Alliance International. Um, yeah. And during this time of, um, you know, Uncertainty with my marriage. Um, after my wife had moved out, I was, you know, living by myself in an empty house. Mm. The it's a really strange thing how the Lord led me to this organization. Yeah. Um, you know they they put out a lot of documentaries and, and whatnot online uh, on YouTube, and I I had started watching them. Yeah, and um, that's really. You know through the process of fasting and praying and then watching these videos about these people that are suffering and also the the believers that are in the Middle East that are under intense persecution mm. um, the, the Lord just
0: gave me a compassion he just he just broke my heart for these people so in that quiet place you're alone in your house um, you God gave you a passion, not only for missions, but specifically for missions in the Middle East, like you just said. What was it? Um, did God just impress that on your heart? I mean, did you already have some experience there? No,
1: no experience whatsoever. Um, now I I maybe should have brought this up earlier, but in college, you know, I went to a, um, I went to a passion conference. Mm -hmm. It was 2004 maybe. Um, and, um, you know, the Passion Conference, they, they do a lot with missions. And um, there was one, one year that I went, hey, it was kind of like the Lord put a seed in my heart. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel really called to missions at that point in time, but He put a seed in there. Yeah. And now <laughs> it seems like that, that seed is coming to fru- fruition.
0: Yeah. Right? Um, well, it's all in God's timing. I mean, you know, yeah. you're, you're, at, you're where you need, you need to be right now in His time. And so he just gives you this, this desire, which is amazing. I mean, you know, I I, I just how God, but, but it shouldn't be because, I mean, you know, he says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all your heart and you did that, you sought the Lord through fasting, through prayer, through his word. And he speaks to you, um, through those, through the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, through his word and shows you this max is now my plan for you, Um, which had to be an amazing experience. Um, God is speaking to me, but also a terrifying experience because now you're talking about you're selling your house and you're getting ready to get, you know, give up what you've known as a profession and now prepare to go overseas, not just overseas to the Middle East, which we all know is, is not the, the most peaceful place in the world. Right. (laughs) That's an understatement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what what types of emotions are you going through right now? I mean, what what types of things are going through your your mind and heart as you're preparing to start training? Uh, joy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is a, uh, you know, if you're if you're just talking about like the human response to to everything you just said, joy is not the appropriate response. No. No. Um, but it is my response. Yeah. So I don't I don't know the like you said the Lord has been preparing me for this. Yeah. And um, but now, I am I'm not hindered by a wife and, and children in a way that maybe a married man would be and yeah. couldn't could not serve in the areas maybe that yeah. God's calling me to be. Yeah, not that being married and having children is a hindrance for no, serving I, the Lord, I, I, but I, in the I, manner in no, no, which I am. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but Called. that's, a you know, that, again, how God can work through our circumstances, yeah. even when they're not good. I mean, we live yeah. in a sinful world, right, yeah. and, and bad things happen. You're good. You're all right. We're just going to keep throwing things on the floor, but that's okay. Yeah. That's the great thing about a podcast, right? We right. can do whatever we want. Um, but, you know, God works in and through our circumstances. We live in a sinful world. That's why bad things happen, um, and and he's not, he's not pleased by sin, but the you know, sickness, death, divorce, those are consequences of sin. It's just the reality of a fallen world that we live in. But even in those, those horrible things, God can, can redirect your life and use that pain. And, and, and you make a, an excellent point. Instead of turning your back on God, running from God, blaming God, um, denying God's love, which he proved, by the way, by giving his son on the cross, yeah. Um, I mean, if there's ever a doubt that he loves us, he showed that. Um, you ran to the Lord, and now you are in a position that you you weren't before. And I know you 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 wished you were still married. It's not yeah, that you absolutely. don't. It's not that you you're happy that that's that's yeah. that's the case. It's just that your circumstances now. You're in a position um, you could give up on life and be bitter, but instead you're looking at it from a joyful perspective, a perspective of peace that now I can do this. Right. Um, and, and you know, Paul even talks about, you know, if you can be single, be single because you've got more time to serve the Lord. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, yep. but he does. Yep. Um, and, and so now you are in a position like you may not have been before where you can give up everything right. and go overseas. So you'll enter into... This six-week training, right? Six months. Six months, yeah, sorry. I've got the notes here, but um, uh, six-month training in Israel that's set to start sometime in January as of right now?
1: As of right now, it's sometime after the first of the year. Okay. Um, So it was supposed to start in, uh, in July. And then COVID happened, and it was pushed back to October. Mm -hmm. And um, COVID's still happening. And COVID's (laughs) still happening. And Israel's just went into another lockdown. Yeah. um, Which has caused the uh, organization to push back the training even further. Okay.
0: So So you as right now January, and that's with the Frontier Alliance International. You'll train with them for six months, and then what happens after that?
1: Well, then I'll be required to come back to the states uh, because my visa will be up. Mm-hmm. Regardless, um, yeah. and then I can reevaluate and see where the Lord is actually calling me to go uh, yeah. I haven't have a an inkling yeah, but um it's gonna require a little bit more prayer
0: okay so at that point, once training is complete, you come back and you know the idea is that you will be assigned somewhere or will you request to go somewhere? Um, not assigned um, I would
1: probably. Well, again, after much prayer, reach out to them. Because they, they serve in a lot of different areas in the Middle East, and they have a lot of different, um, I guess, uh, areas of service, you could say. Some are humanitarian aid. Some are, um, like, medical aid.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, some are, like, a, a combination of both. Some are discipleship training for yeah. new believers yeah. um, in these Middle Eastern nations, like, yeah. for instance, Iran. Mm-hmm. Um where the church is growing at an astounding rate in the um, midst of persecution. In the midst of persecution, happen, yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, um, I think you mentioned this in one of your sermons recently, but you know, Tortolien said that the blood of the martyr is the seed of the church. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that is that is absolutely the case yeah. in Iran.
0: Yeah. So then you you will the idea. I mean, I mean, God is faithful. He's leading you to this point. I, I believe with all my heart that, you know, within the next year, you will be somewhere headed either on the field or or headed to the field, the mission field. That's right. So quite a journey through the past year and a half of your life. God has gotten you to this point. And um, Max, I'm I'm so very excited that that you are willing to share this, not only with me, but with our church family and whoever um, watches this. Um, And I guess I would just say that, you know, Wherever, whoever's watching, wherever they are, I mean, they, whatever pain they're going through, I mean, it's real. It hurts. Um, it's, life is difficult at times. It may be something COVID related. It may be that their marriage is mm-hmm. in trouble or falling apart or, or something else going on. Or, or, And you know, it's interesting that we touched on this because this wasn't your experience, but there are some people who are outside of the fellowship of the body of Christ of church because they were hurt in church. Yeah. The answer is not running away from God; it's running to Him. Right. And when you do, you find that He is a God of grace. And he's faithful, and He's faithful. He's always there. He never yeah. changes. Um, and you find uh, not a God who's distant and unconcerned, unconnected, but a God who is very much concerned with where you are, and very compassionate and very loving. And and you know, Philippians four six and seven tells us that you know if we present our requests to God, you know, not be anxious about anything. But present our request to God with thanksgiving, we get that peace that you're talking about, that peace that passes all understanding, which you've experienced. Right. And so, man, it's exciting that you're about to embark on this journey. And and I have been praying for you and praying along with you in this. And um, God has provided to this point, right? You're prepared to go into training. You have everything you need to do that, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're... Financially,
1: he has provided everything I need. Okay.
0: And yeah. so I guess my, my, my final question before we finish up today, um, what can we as a church family do to support you? I mean, your training's taken care of. Um, what can we do right now? Um, before i mean obviously there will come a time where you're going to go and be prepared to go on the mission field and there'll be things that we can do then um, whether it's financially or or mm-hmm. whatever um, to to support you but right now as you are waiting and you're selling your house you're in kind of a, a limbo period mm-hmm. so to speak what can we do to support you right now
1: uh prayer is the most it's the single most important thing that i need right now okay. um, like i said my financial needs have been taken care of by the lord he's yeah. More than supplied my needs. Um, one thing that you know we talked about that was really a burden on on my heart was that you know normally when missionaries are called, they don't have the financial resources yeah. to go when they're called. Yeah, they have to to gain those that financial support. Do a lot and, of fundraising. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. during that, uh, well, during that process, they're able to to grow support, not only financially, but uh, like prayer support. Yeah. And now I'm in a situation that is not. Like that at all? Mm. I I was called and and I would I would be getting ready to go to Israel in the next two weeks had the training not been pushed back right. because the Lord had provided
0: everything's lined up.
1: Everything's yeah. lined up to go, um, but I but I I haven't had the time to build up the prayer support. Mm. You know that missionaries would normally um, have that time to to build. Yeah. Um. And so that's that's my need right now is prayer. Yeah. Um. One for. Um, well, it's like knowledge and um, being able to learn, uh, you know, the language over there when I do go. Yeah. But also being spiritually prepared uh, for the things I'm going to learn and go through, Yeah. You know,
0: over there. Major life transition. And, and that's yeah. challenging, you know, regardless of, of yeah. what the transition is. So, uh, excellent, excellent point. One thing concrete that, folks can pray for you for is you're about to learn a new language It's right. not an easy language to learn that's right uh so uh, you know that's that that's a huge challenge um so we can pray for that um pray for the training itself you're going to be stretched you're going to be yep. brought out of your comfort zone in many ways um for endurance there and for an increased dependence on the lord during that um I would say, you know, I'm throwing things out here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, while you're in this period of transition, you're waiting on the Lord. Um, You you thought you would be preparing to leave this next month. Now that's been pushed back. So there's a period of time where you have to wait, and we know waiting is never easy, Um, but God does call us to wait. So there's obviously some things He wants to do in your life during this time in preparation. So we can pray about that. And then I would even say we should pray now. For where God has already decided you're going to be, because yeah. he already knows that, but he hasn't shown you that, so yeah,
1: and for clarity for me to know, yeah like yeah. discernment on where he's yeah. sending me, yeah, so
0: I think that absolutely I mean he you know, and he will in his time, you know he'll show you, but yeah. uh uh and you've you've learned a lot about his timing over the past uh year and a half at least, so. Um, some great things that we as a church family can pray for you. Anybody that's listening or watching outside of the church family can pray for Max. Um, you can check out the organization that he's going to be serving with, um, and that's Frontier Alliance International, um, FIA or FAI. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's online. You can Google it, it and is, find yeah. it, um, and, and find out all about that organization. Good organization, um, man. Thank you so much for spending your time here. I appreciate it. Uh, being our first podcast victim uh even it's this is great man uh even with with uh, the few distractions but that's uh that's part of it and that's what I love about this is that this isn't scripted um this is not um you know this is just you sharing your heart and sharing what God's done in your life and and it's been amazing um thank you for allowing me to be a part of that just um and, and and what small role I've had uh, just getting to know you and being able to pray for you. And um, it has been truly amazing to see how God's been working in your life, but not just that, Max, how you've responded to that. Um, and I know you would be the first to say that, that you didn't always respond perfectly, but mm. it, at the end of the day, you sought him and you ran to him instead of running away from him. And now you have found um, you're at the beginning of an incredible adventure, challenge, um, and I think yeah. immediately of Abraham when God said, okay, Abraham, you pick up and you go and I'll tell you where later. Um, <laughs> you have an idea of where you're going, but you don't know for sure no, right now, right? Nope. Um, but you are, you're selling your house. You're transitioning completely. You're all in. Yep. Um, and that is, that's amazing. And, and, and I'm not saying this to, uh, to, to build you up or to puff you up, um, but I'm just pointing this out because when we have faith and we're willing to go wherever God leads, mm-hmm. um, we will experience his faithfulness. And we that's the only way we will experience his plan for our lives, right. regardless of what that is. So, man, we're going to finish up today. Thanks again. Um, I, and I'm going to start uh, the process of we as a church family praying specifically for you uh, by finishing our time together with prayer. All right? Let, let's great. do that right now. Yeah. God, we thank you for the time that we've had uh, just to, to – uh, To talk and for Max to share his testimony, and what an amazing journey it's been for him. Uh, Some of it uh, incredibly high mountaintop experiences, and some incredibly painful experiences, but through it all, you have been faithful. He has sought your face, he has sought your will, he has sought it through your word and through time with you, and prayer and fasting, um, surrounding himself with godly believers, men and women of faith who have given him direction and prayed for him and supported him Um, and now he is on the verge of of entering a new chapter of his life different than he's ever experienced he has surrendered his life to you he has answered your call the plan that you have for him he's willing to go and now he begins the process of preparing for that Um, and even at the beginning of this, there are challenges. You've asked him to wait longer than um, he expected. But we believe that during this time, Lord, you're going to uh, continue to work in his life and prepare him in ways that uh, you would not have had he begun training on, on our schedule, on the, uh, the scheduled time, um, because we do believe that this is your schedule, your time. So we pray for him that during this time of transition that you he would be open and receptive to whatever it is that you have for him and that you would prepare him and be faithful to do that as you are. Lord, we pray for um, the training itself. Lord, as he um, begins that and learns a new language, um, God, give him the, um, the patience and endurance um and uh, the capacity to be able to to learn the language as well as all of the other training and all that that will involve preparing him for life in the Middle East, life on the mission field. Um, or we just ask that you give him endurance and and give him all of the tools, equip him with what he needs to be able to prepare for that. Father, we pray. For the assignment itself, wherever he ends up, we know that you already know where he's going to be, but he doesn't yet. And so in your time, when it's appropriate, in agreement with your plan, I pray that you would reveal that to him and do it in a way that's undeniable. Um, And Lord, in this time of of transition, in this time of training, uh, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to grow him and develop him further into the the man that you've called him to be. God, we thank you um, for being faithful. And I thank you for Max's testimony, and we thank you for your love. And all of this is possible, of course, because of the salvation that you provided to Max and to all who would tr- choose to believe in you through your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, your death on the cross, your resurrection. We have life. We have eternal life. Uh, we are free from sin, and we are now free to serve you in whatever way you call us to serve you. And now Max is doing that. Lord, I, again, I pray for your blessings on his life and in preparation for what's to come. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Max. Thank you.